0: Gang, we all know that a premium Spotify subscription gives you access to millions of songs and thousands of podcasts. But did you know that a premium Spotify subscription also gets you access to tons of audiobooks for free? It does, gang. Listen to great books like Storyteller, the Dave Grohl memoir, or Life by Keith Richards, or The Woman to Me by Britney Spears. Listen, there's all kinds of books on there. There's fiction, nonfiction, self-help, anything you're looking for, man, they got it, and you can listen to it for free. Just go to Spotify.com or download Spotify from your app store and start listening today. That's Spotify. Millions of songs, thousands of podcasts, and now, audiobooks, available with your premium subscription. Spotify.com. Let's get down. Hey, gang, I want to thank you for listening to this episode of How Did I Get Here? I know you have a lot of choices out there, and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me, so thank you. I'm not sure what platform you're listening on, but whatever platform you're on, give us a follow. And if you like what you hear, leave us a rating. It takes just a second, and it means the world to me. Plus, it really helps the show. So thank you in advance. And remember, the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here are available on all streaming services. Now, enjoy the show. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys all had a good week, whatever it is you did this week. I hope you had a nice Valentine's Day. I hope that all worked out for you, uh, and it was magical in whatever way it is that you want to experience magic on Valentine's Day. Um, I I, uh, I had a good week, gang. Been busy doing stuff for uh, for Happy Land. We've only got two more shows left, gang. We're doing those Mondays at Saxon Pub. If you live in Austin, we're doing Mondays at Saxon Pub at six p.m two mondays left and then we're off for like four months from playing shows we'll still be recording and releasing music and doing all kinds of stuff but we will not be playing shows again and at least until the end of of july so anyway come on out monday night saxon pub 6 p.m happy land is a band of four singer songwriters gabriel rhodes kimmy rhodes uh sean pander and myself we have a band uh john chipman on drums the great harmony kelly on bass and uh, Louie Rhodes on keyboards, uh, Harmony Kelly was nominated for uh, for like touring Musician of the Year for the Cma awards this year so that 's pretty exciting congratulations harmony you 're fucking great you play in so many bands, and you do so great and every band every band that she 's in it really feels like that 's the only band she 's in and I, i've done i 've done quite a few different projects with her my own uh, we did this Paul McCartney birthday thing last summer, and now Happy land. And we did a songwriter in the round a couple of weeks ago, um, or a month ago or something. And every, every show she does, it's like, it's like that's the only thing she's doing. She's amazing at that. She's amazing at being able to compartmentalize her energy and put it into what she's looking at right at the moment, which makes her, I guess, such a great musician and such an asset to have in your band. Harmony Kelly, one of the greats. One of the greats, gang. All right, so on Wednesday's show... Uh, We had talked about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announcements, right? There was a lot of people announced for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's like Cher, Mary J. Blige, uh, Dave Matthews Band, Oasis, um, a bunch bunch of different bands. So uh, people have opinions on that, right? And as soon as they announce the nominations, usually the internet goes crazy also my uncle jack goes crazy who's only 4 years older than me and is a big music fan but a big rock and roll music fan he's one of those guys that that is like uh hey man led zeppelin isn't in the uh you know the hip hop hall of fame or whatever. That's his, that's his take on stuff. So, um, so yeah, they announced all these people and these are the nominees and I guess five or six are going to go in. I don't, I don't even really remember. And the reason why I don't really remember is because honestly gang, I don't really care. I care when they make the announcements and, and, and then I, I like to watch people freak out and melt down. I'd like to see, uh, I like to see the parameters that people put on, on, on rock and roll. Cause there really shouldn't be right. You know, there, there really shouldn't be. Rock and roll is just rock and roll. Rock and roll is an attitude. Is it, is it drums, bass, and guitars and a singer person? Sure, sometimes. Is it a guy with a Casio and a, and a lute? Sometimes. You know what I mean? Like rock and roll is a, is a state of mind. And these Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions are extremely arbitrary like, you also got to remember, they're trying to, 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 to have a show that people will buy tickets to. They're trying to have a show that people will watch on TV. They're not really—I don't—you I don't, know what I mean? Like, I don't think—I feel like they're, it's so broad, and they're trying to appease so many people that they just kind of, like, find a person from each genre each year that they think will sell tickets and bring people to the show. And, and they put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then there's the museum, which is its own thing. I love the museum. I've been there three times and I love it. I love it. I love seeing, uh, I just love seeing all the artifacts of my, my chosen profession, my chosen career. That's, that's exciting. It's very exciting. It's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like if you're a doctor and they have like the first uh, stethoscope or something, that's exciting to see, you know, or like some famous doctor's uh, stethoscope. (laughs) That was a weird (laughs) analogy, but you know what I mean, man? So uh, rock and roll hall of fame. Hey, Who cares, right? I'm not in it. They're not nominating me. The fuck do I care? (laughs) I know that's what you guys were waiting to hear. I'm just kidding, man. Look, I get excited when people like the Go-Go's get in or someone like Kiss gets in or somebody like, uh, like, uh, Cheap Trick gets in. Uh, When Bon Jovi gets in and Journey gets in, I get a little like, oh, really? That's what it is? (laughs) You know what I mean? So we all have that with every class going in. There's some people we're excited about and some people we're not excited about. I'm excited about Cher. Cher's really, you know, the thing is is sometimes it makes you think like, gosh, why is that person going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And then you look and you see like Cher's vast career. I mean, that woman has been making music since the 60s. And she's had hits since the 60s. And just when you think, just when you think, Cher's out of there. Cher's back with some new jam. Blows your mind. You love it. I love the song Believe. I love the song Believe. And is that song like a rock and roll hall? Of, does, that, does that make you think of like rock and roll? No, but the attitude is and Cher's fucking rock and roll. She made records with, uh, with Phil Spector and Sonny Bono anyway <laughs> anyway look man basically rock and roll hall of fame is just like people you know it's 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 out of our hands but i do with the thing that i i find entertaining is the backlash when they announce the nominees that's what i like to see i like to see people freak out i like to see the meltdown on the internet on social media and stuff like that over you know mariah carey no you know what I mean? <laughs> when they freak out. That's what I like. So, rock and roll hall of fame, Johnny is not that uh phased by it. Uh will I watch it? I haven't watched the last couple ones and when I do watch them guys, I'll be honest with you, I fast forward through it. I don't watch the whole thing. I don't I don't always watch everything of the of the thing. Some people I don't care about. Some people like when Bon Jovi got in. Sorry, this is getting really long, but so, like when Bon Jovi got in. <laughs> When Bon Jovi got in, I was so, like, appalled that I just went on this deep dive of, like, Bon like, who the hell is Bon Jovi? Like, I only know, like, five of their songs, period. You know, I don't have deep, I don't know their records or anything like that. So I went in and made a deep dive, watched some documentaries, watched some stuff on YouTube about them and, uh, and, and, and got an understanding of why they were being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame, therefore making me less bitter. So if you do have a question about something like, why is this guy going in? Maybe go do a little research on him and you, and it'll answer your question. All right. That's enough talk about the rock and roll hall of fame. It really is gang. It is, it, that is, that's it for today. Uh, gang, I have a great show for you guys today. Uh, Wesley Dean, a singer songwriter that lived in Australia, but, uh, moved to Nashville a few years ago during the pandemic, moved his family, his life, his whole career and everything to, uh, to Nashville to follow his dreams, uh, to, to conquer America. As a singer, songwriter, and recording artist. Uh, I talked to him back in 22 on episode 1160. And uh, and Wesley Dean has a brand new record coming out this spring on April 26th. It's called Music from Crazy Hearts. Now, Crazy Hearts was uh, his Crazy Hearts Across America tour, which uh, he drove around the country from Memphis to New Orleans and Lukenbach, Las Vegas. He wanted to honor... Uh, the well-worn paths of the greats that came before him. Troubadours like Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, who earned their audience face-to-face, one show at a time. So the resulting al- album complements the soundscape to Dean's own story of breaking the industry mold to carve out his name independently. Now, if you did not listen to episode 1160 back in April of 2022, you would know that uh, Wesley Dean was an Australian artist called Wes Carr. Okay. And he won Australian Idol. And he became a pop star in Australia, one of the most popular artists in Australia. He did not like the way his career was going, and he wanted to change gears artistically. So when the pandemic hit, he he uprooted his family, moved to Nashville, started from scratch, and is this independent musician. Now, when they went out and did the Crazy Hearts Tour across America, they made a documentary. Now, that documentary won't be out until next year, but if you go to Wesley Dean's YouTube page, you'll find all kinds of videos from it. You'll get to see his adventures. Now, he took his family on this trip too. So he went on a tour across America with like his kids, his wife, uh, people filming him, maybe a tour manager. He did the driving. We, we have a great talk about that. He had some like, he lived that great American like, like dream of the family vacation across America, but in this crazy, insane way. So we have a really great conversation about that. Dean is a uh, sorry Wesley Dean is a fabulous dude we have a uh, great conversation we had a great conversation back in 2022 if you want to you can go listen to that episode 1160 by going to uh how did I get and scrolling all the way well, all the way back to April of 2022 uh with uh with this great artist Wesley Dean He's a great songwriter is a great performer and, uh, and we have a really great conversation about, uh, the last couple of years of his life, the Crazy Hearts Across America tour documentary, uh, crazy, uh, music from Crazy Hearts, the album coming out April 26th and so much more. If you want to know what's going on to Wes- with Wesley Dean, you can go to WesleyDeanMusic.com. And you can find him at WesleyDeanMusic on all the socials and everything. And you can find him on, uh, on, uh, on Spotify and all the streaming services. You're going to hear a single called Burn This House burn this house that's from his upcoming album music from crazy heart so without further ado gang this is me and the australian singer-songwriter transplant to nashville and me talking it up chatting it up doing it up having having the talk me and wesley dean let's get down
1: this one goes out to the clinically insane that are running from pain, the deniers and survivors, and the heroes without case to a whole generation screaming for change. For the believers do goodness and the not so holy. For the brave that speak out
2: against How have you been? the majority. <laughs> the oh man, I think it's it's been a real whirlwind since I saw you so you last. I think we what do we chat? 22, 21, or 22? It was 22. Was one it was like it. two years ago. I just looked it up. Okay, cool. And uh, a lot, a lot has happened since then. It's been Seen. an absolute whirlwind of uh, all the things of, uh, you know, I guess, uh, getting acclimated into a whole brand new country and. Um, and finding my feet, finding my way through the maze that is the uh, ever-changing music industry, and writing a record um, by myself because I kind of I needed to do that, and all the all the things uh, in between. So it, you know, being a dad, <laughs> yeah, you know, all so of that, take, all, all of the things. Taking
0: your family on one of the great American traditions: jumping in an RV and driving across the country.
2: That too. Most people don't that make a documentary
0: was, about it, but. <laughs> it
2: was, yeah, yeah, it was a wild, wild ride that, uh, you know, we started in Nashville. We went down to New Orleans. We went, you know, through the crossroads. Like our first stop was uh, Clarksdale, uh, and I played Morgan Freeman's bar um, out at, um, I can't remember, Ground Zero Blues bar there. I played that in the middle of the night. We pulled up, you know, so that was the first night. That's how it started. And it just went on uh, down to New Orleans and then across Texas, all the way to Marfa, then up to Amarillo, Lubbock, and then all the way down route 66 to LA you know, Vegas, LA up to San Fran and the hottest summer ever recorded. So it was crazy.
0: That's insane, Sorry. man. So let me, there's a couple of yeah. things I do want to ask about. So, when you went to Amarillo, did you go to one of those eat the seventy-two ounce steak in like an hour and you get it free? <laughs> did you, did we you? went to the big the big Texan. I uh, think is, that's where is that, that is. It? Isn't
2: it? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I didn't. I did not eat the. I did not eat the steak. I know Will Ferrell did though, or something. That's he's, that's famous for the for the seventy-two pound steak. I saw I saw a photo of him and and a video of him like attacking this giant steak. You know, but. uh so- yeah, it didn't eat very much on the road. To be honest, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was just—it was because I was driving this thing, this temperamental RV that kept breaking down. the The actual generator exploded from inside out. Oh so shit! We had no generator for so many, so we couldn't really stay in the thing because there was no air conditioning. Um, so it was like a sauna the whole time because you know most of the. Most of the days it was like 120 degrees. Jesus Christ uh, on the road. So you know the tires were literally melting on the road. Like it was seriously crazy. You know, 50 <laughs> degrees outside, 50 degrees Celsius, and we were at we ended up in Death Valley, not Death Valley, about an hour out of Death Valley. Um, on the the day it was the, it was recorded as the hottest hottest part of the earth. You know. Um, 56 degrees Celsius so whatever that is 130 something and man you couldn't like you couldn't go outside past eight o'clock in the morning it was just so hot so I was doing all these music videos I was shooting all the music videos and we're shooting a documentary along the way and uh we'd have to do really early morning shoots or really late at night shoots because it's just like we had to be inside praying that the air conditioning wasn't gonna freak out on us you know so we yeah. had to be inside the whole crazy it was
0: crazy now, it was amazing just i for my own mind and to see how this works logistically maybe i missed that in in the in the text about this is uh so did you write and record these songs before you left yeah
2: okay yeah so i so this record the way-
0: just real quick sorry sorry just, just, just to get it straight, so that everyone understands. So you made this. This is this record music from Crazy Hearts, which people can hear the song uh, "Burn This House" and "Don't Look Back." Both really great songs. We'll get to those in a minute. Um, you, you decided that you wanted to write on your own because you've done a shitload of co-writing with legends like Mac Davis and stuff, right?
2: Yeah, it was it all. To be honest, and as crazy as this sounds, but it's called Crazy Hearts, so. Uh, I can get away with it I guess but as crazy as it it sounds it felt like this thing was riding itself as I was going about doing this thing because um, I think last time we spoke you know sort of talking about how with this whole adventure of moving countries it really made my decisions worth a lot because it affects my wife my family my future like being kind of, you know, traveling at the time we did it in COVID um, and landing on February 2021, everything was really heightened. The awareness of everything was heightened. So there was a lot resting on the uncertainties of the music industry and being a creative person and artist, you know, a lot, there's a lot of kind of pressure in, involved in that. And I think the last time we spoke, I was sort of like at a crossroads, like, how long is this going to last? Right. <laughs> how, right. how, how long can I get away with this until it all implodes and I go back to Australia with my tail between my legs? Because I've, you know, I've made maybe walk down one wrong avenue that led me to this thing where there's a brick wall at the end of it. You know, I mean, that's the decisions that you make during. You know, you're kind of flying. It's like high. You're flying. You know, at the seat of your pants a lot of the time being an independent artist these days because things change so rapidly. Uh, you know you're up against so many brand new things that nobody really was talking about even five years ago so um it was it you know the start of last year last Christmas so 2022 um no hang on 2023 sorry um I I kind of just like that that January it was just like I I was like I, I just don't really know what I'm doing this year. You know, I've just been through a a whole album process. I've been through kind of like the chaos of changing management and changing all these different things around me that all the people that I was working with kind of, you know, that all sort of ended and went away. And all of a sudden these songs kind of landed. Um, These songs kind of landed uh, at three in the morning and I was, I was getting up really early and writing, uh, these songs without any kind of plan and burn this house. Um, uh, the song called "There's a Song Called Mercy" on the record. Oh, it's a great song. But, oh, right. So that that was like the song that literally started this whole process. It was like I will remember. I was sitting right here in this on this chair at three in the morning, just noodling away on whatever it was, and then that song just kind of landed. I mean, it woke me up. the, the melody woke me up and um, it was one of those songs that just sort of was like, get up, you got to write me, you know. And I uh, and I uh, ended up finishing it. I ended up finishing two songs that morning, and I thought, oh, okay, this 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 feels familiar. I understand this now. I get it. Um, and here I go again with this new whole concept. And then as it went on, it kind of wrote itself. Like Crazy Hearts sort of wrote itself. Like I already had a song called Crazy Hearts that I really wanted to rework anyway. Um, I feel like I've grown into that song in a weird weird way. Um, And it kind of means a lot more to me now than I did when I wrote it a long time ago. Um, And then it just became this banner of this, like, project name. Like, okay, this is going to be the project. This is what it kind of possibly looks like. And then the crazy idea of, like, getting into an RV and going across the country, we started talking about it. Like, what are we going to do this summer? You know, we need to plan accordingly. And um, I was like, well, I I really want to go and, you know, at at the time, uh, you know, there was a lot of things in question. And I was like, you know, what? I'm not sitting around Nashville, I want to go out and play these songs live in the most real capacity possible. And so we ended up in like places like Martha, Texas, and uh, looking back where Um, looking back where Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and all that would go run through the town, you know, 40 years ago, whatever. And, and we, and sort of experienced these kind of off the, off the beat towns. And I played, I think I played like eight or nine shows in, uh, six days, the first six days, I just was like playing one afternoon and one night. And my wife was literally booking them in real time online and then would go to these, like a winery, went to a winery. And I played for the owner of the winery and then we ended up staying there that night. And then we got back in the RV and we ran across like four hours down the road and we played Looking Back. And and, and it was just like this chaos trip of, of uh, creating this thing in real time. And it was sort of like almost writing itself. But the best part about it was I'd already recorded a bunch of songs at RCA Studios in Studio, studio A here in Nashville in May. And by the time halfway through the crazy Hearts trip where we we're on the road and we're out in the middle of like this amazing American landscapes and seeing the desert and where John Wayne would shooting his films and just like, and my, my mate, or my, my friend who's also my producer for crazy hearts was sending me the mixes of the songs for me to listen to while I was on the road. And it was like, I was looking around going this, this music suits this landscape of what I'm looking at oh, right yeah. now. It was like, so it was kind of like it was almost like I'd written the music, and then I went, I did it in reverse. Where usually you go on the road, you do your thing, and then you come back and write about it. Whereas these songs kind of landed, and then I went off and did this like amazing American trip, um, <laughs> and the songs then suited the trip. It was like it was a trip, man. You yeah. so know, it was really like, cool,
0: like prophetic songwriting.
2: It was really cool. It was like it was it was something. And and then when you listen to the album, you know, we've, I mean, the album's here. I've got the album right here. Look at that. Um, oh, there's beautiful! Me and the Josh, there's me in the Joshua Tree. I'll, I'll send you one of these too. Yeah, I would friends. love that. Uh, but uh, yeah, but the artwork and everything kind of lined up with we're out in the middle of uh, in the middle of the night in the Joshua Tree uh, National Park, and um, that was just something else. I'll never forget that. And it kind of captured this moment. And everything just came together. It just sort of like like I said, it kind of just wrote itself. It was like it. it I kind of left it. Um, you know, Quincy Jones always says like you got to leave that ten percent for God to walk into the room. It was sort of like that. Like, okay, I'm just going to do this amount, right. and then I'll leave this amount. Kind of just up to, to the like I'll walk across the road. My friend will take a photo on her iPhone, and then that'll end up becoming a cover or something, you know, it was just like rogue like that, it wasn't planned at all, really, so uh yeah, so that's been the journey so far you know
0: So, okay, so um you, you got to, so far you have two really great videos the videos for Burn This House and Don't Look Back are great, and and you're in all these yes. great places, like you're in Venice Beach in one of them, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, Burn This House Burn This House was, house was uh, shot all over America you know, yeah Springs like we were in um uh yeah we are we're everywhere it was literally through Texas um and we just made it up as we went along like that and we kind of tried to find like the shittiest places <laughs> that we could see because it was more like we had, we had to tell the story to tell the story of like uh like it it just being you know um yeah like rogue and like uh off the beaten track and we found a dumpster and we found, you know, uh, I don't know, like just on the side of the road, railway stations, things that were graffitied or torn down or whatever, you know, and it just sort of worked. Yeah, that's the end of it. <laughs> that's
0: great. Okay, so I have a couple yeah. a couple of other logistical questions. So how many people were with you in the in the RV?
2: Well, it was our, it was our family. So me, my wife, my two kids. Um, a friend of ours who came along for the ride, um, <laughs> to, uh, you know, kind of look, you know, look after the kids, but also like experience the madness that was, so that was the RV. And then we had, uh, another friend of ours and, uh, a per- and a camera, well, two of our, very dear friends now, um. Uh, but we had a camera person, uh, like a cinematographer and uh, like a, dir- a director who is also a friend of ours and uh, working on the documentary side of things. So we, we filmed it as like a documentary slash, you know, you got to film everything these days, otherwise it doesn't happen. Is that right? Something like that. Anyway, um, and so we just, yeah, and, and it was just one of the best things we ever did, really. It was highly challenging um it wasn't it wasn't a holiday it wasn't like an rv holiday where we stayed in an rv park for uh, four weeks it wasn't that it was literally (laughs) literally uh, roll into town for maximum of two days and then you're off again another eight hour drive and it was hard like we did it all ourselves i was driving eight nine hours a day and then lugging in the pa to where i was playing um, setting up and then playing in the the hottest temperatures ever, um, and then lugging the gear back and then straight off to the next town. It was like it was seriously crazy. And you know my kids are ten, you know eleven and five. They were they were <laughs> ten and four when this happened. So it it was it was highly challenging in a lot of ways. And man, they, my boys, they really are. They troopers. They really incredible that they kind of, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot. It was a lot of, lot of like, let's pack up, let's go. The next thing, there was no like, oh, isn't this nice? <laughs> it was like, let's go, let's go. We're going, you know. yeah.
0: So, okay. So I got to ask some, some questions from going on trips with my own dad. Oh, I, <laughs> you filmed everything like behind the scenes and almost like, did you capture, was there... <laughs> Did you ever melt down like, fuck you guys, get the fuck out of this yeah, car, I hate you all.
2: Every day. Every day, mate. <laughs> every day. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, it was, it, it was crazy. I think we all had a moment. Every single one of us had a moment. Um, But it was cool because like even, you know, the, like, you know, a friend of ours who, who was shooting it, Behind the scenes, you know, like the the, the camera crew, the like camera person, and and Jacoby, the director, and then my wife, Charlotte. Um, we all became kind of like, a, 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 like this tight knit group that like was never going to break. But by, by like the, by the fifth day, it was like we were all of a sudden like in this wild adventure, and. I remember getting to into pumps where we were we Santa Fe we're in Santa Fe and I remember we just come off like I was doing this video out in the middle of nowhere uh and I got into the cafe like we, we went for a coffee afterwards because we had to get up at like three in the morning to get the sunrise and whatever and all of us sort of I was like I had makeup on like it was, it was this kind of crazed part of the video where I was like this wild man and um got into this cafe, and everyone was lining up for their coffee just before work, and it, and then it was us. And we were like these, like, rogue, we must have stunk, you know, because we'd been on the road for three and a half weeks. And I just looked around and went, man, we really don't fit in here, do we? <laughs> like, we, we realised that we had just been these wild animals. <laughs> Turned into these kind of wild cats. and It was like, it was cool. It was really, like... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's what helped. This is what real life is like. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because we've just been living in this bubble for nearly, you know, a month. And, and we all just realized then it was like, wow, we're definitely coming to the end of it. Like it was, it was, look, it was high stress, but it was like the greatest time ever as well. It was just so cool because, um, for me, seeing America like that, being, being an Aussie, um, you know, I mention it to people now that I, you know, I, I love and, you know, I, I know very well here in Nashville now. Um, and I mentioned the trip and a lot of them, a lot of people say like, man, we've never been there, you know, we've never been to Lubbock, Texas or Marfa or, you know, those places, because even Santa Fe. It's like a real honour to be able to see the country that way and uh, tell the stories. I've got some pretty crazy stories for each town. There, there was some some crazy things that happen, but really like you, you get to know yourself a lot when you do it like that on the road. Um, and I'm told that people don't go from Nashville, people don't get in a bus and go um, west. They always stay east, they go up and down. And across east, they, yeah, they never I mean, it's go. cheaper because the
0: drive zone is long and
2: yeah. I guess so, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, Um, I've never been a
0: huge fan of touring the West Coast because the drives to get out, just to get out of Texas, like to get from Austin to Marfa is like eight and a half hours. Like just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's
2: just one long stretch of road, you know, and if anything happens, it's like, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) And we, we were out in the middle of nowhere on the hottest days of ever, you know, and the only thing that really instilled a lot of fear was, Having the kids there, you know, yeah. Like, if anything happened, or whatever, it was just like the whole time, like, what would we do? Because we've got, I've got, I literally have a five-year-old kid in in the back here, and just, you know, but uh, well, it's nice. Know, a, Sorry to interrupt you, but I, my mom, yeah, right, yeah. I, my, I,
0: I had a, a a significant portion of my life was exactly that when I was a little kid. You know, in the seventies. Wow. Uh, you know, living in a Volkswagen uh, bus, collecting bromeliads in Mexico with my mom, like in the middle of nowhere, and like you know all this wow. kind of shit. But um, I tell wow. you, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I know kids that like mm. you know never their parents never thought to they don't no risk no no reward really that's what exactly, I exactly you man. know what I mean
2: like exactly and what doesn't and, kill and you what, makes you stronger. And that that's exactly right, and that's what this record. um is about is it's, it's crazy hearts is is not just about me and my music and the album and whatever it's a lifestyle it's a it's a ethos for people who kind of possibly don't fit the mold you know I I, I really have it's been a blessing and a curse to not really just sort of do the thing to fit the mold in order to get to the next thing and play the game and all that stuff that uh there was nothing wrong with it, but I seemed to either not just do it or I seemed to not, I struggle with that, you know, of being in the box. And, and so that trip really was very much that it was like, well, let's no, I don't know anyone else who's done this. So let's just do it and see where, where it leads us, you know, and it, it led us to only good things. We've only got great memories and, and our kids is, uh, just, I mean, my 10 year old, you know, he's going on 48. But uh, he's like, you know, he's really worldly anyway. He's very, very smart, very quick witted. And he's very, I've oh, got to be, it's going to be a big, big job, that one. But um, he, uh, you know, he's talking about Lubbock and he's talking about all these places that um, a lot of his friends don't even know about. So it's, it, you know, and, and our five year old, too, Jackson, he's he remembers things that, um, you know, I don't remember at five, you know. So it's like really cool that, like, I, I'm blessed to be able to say I've, I've given that uh, insight uh, to my to my kids so far. So yeah. that's
0: pretty cool. That's great, Lubbock. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that place up because I uh, I'm in a band with a, a, a significant <laughs> member of that Lubbock scene. This lady named Kimmy Rhodes, who actually, oh, yeah, I, right. I think that she actually wrote with Mac Davis. I meant to call her yeah. right before you came on the Zoom to ask her,
2: but um, well. Well, you know what, like, so my Mac Davis story is pretty crazy. Uh I was 23, and I was playing in a bar in Adelaide, Australia, which is South Australia. Um, that's where I was born, and I'd i been living in Sydney for 10 years, and I'd moved back to Adelaide, and I was playing kind of covers in a bar, basically, and earning some good cash, but just getting by Been 23 I'd started playing shows when I was like 13 14 in Sydney so like I'd kind of come back to Adelaide pretty exhausted and just sort of been like oh man I'm sort of kind of over like the Sydney music scene for that moment I'd been through a bunch of different bands and things and up and down touring whatever went back to Adelaide ended up playing in a bar to pay my rent and that kind of thing and thought maybe this is sort of the end another like my first crossroads story, I guess. But so maybe this is the end for me. Maybe I'd come back to Adelaide and do something completely different. I don't know. Um, but you, you know, I was twenty three, so who, who knows? But uh, so anyway, the Joe Cocker band walks in to the to the to the pub like uh, nine o'clock or whatever, and just so happens I'm playing the let. I'll, I I used to play the letter a lot in those four hour five hour windows, so I had to fill. So I'd play, you know, so like double up, triple up on songs that I'd already played at 6 p.m. I'd play the song again at 9, you know, just right. to fill the time because I'd be paid to play for four or five hours. Sure. And um, anyway, Joe Cocker Band's there. I think I played The Letter and a bunch of other songs. You mean the, 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 the uh,
0: give me a ticket for an aeroplane? An aeroplane, okay. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, and I'd kind of do, I'd do impressions and all, all sorts of things. Um, and so the MD of Joe Cocker's band walks up to me and he's like, Hey man, we should, you should, we should work together. We, you know, we should cut a record in LA. And, um, and it was that kind of thing. And I was like, Oh man, like, I don't even know whether I should believe. I mean, who are you? You know, like, I didn't know who he was, but, uh, but he he was a big deal. His his name was CJ and he's an incredible guy, really amazing guy. One of my first kind of mentors uh, ended up saving enough cash, went to LA, um, wrote some songs with him. And on one of the sessions, Mac Davis visits. And he he hears my song and he's like, can I play some guitar, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) So he he played acoustic guitar on one of my songs called Say My Name. He told me a bunch of great, really amazing Elvis stories. I get goosebumps when I think about Mac. he, I think he said, you know, you're going to end up in Nashville, you know, or something like that. I remember here, the first time I heard anyone say Nashville was Mac, you know, because I'd never really grown up with the Nashville thing. I, you know, I was always like uh, Beatles or Michael Jackson, you know, I grew up in the eighties and I kind of had a, an overview of music, but um, my, you know, my family aren't musicians or whatever. It was sort of something that, I you know, I was just the only one who did it. So, um, didn't really, really even know who Mac was when I met him. But then, as it as it went on, I was like, "Oh wow, this guy's royalty," and an incredible guitarist. He also plays played a mad spoons. He could do amazing spoons, oh, really? you know, play the spoons really incredibly. Yeah. So he got out spoons. He was just <laughs> and they CJ CJ put some reverb up and and like it was amazing, man. And I was I was twenty three and. Didn't realize that that night was going to be one of my, uh, you know, one of my memories in life. One of my, you know, like, sounds weird, like, just, I don't know, just one of those things that I'll always go back to. Didn't realize it until I got to Lubbock. And then I think I was just, like, trying to find where Buddy Holly was buried or something, you know, because I'd heard. Yeah, uh,
0: I saw that, that little vignette video.
2: Yeah. yeah, and then and then I saw Mac Davis Lane on the maps on like Google Maps. Mm. I'm like Mac, like Mac with this, and did my research. And then I was like, I've got to go see, I've got to go visit Mac's grave. Yeah. you know. Um, and it was just one of those full circle things. Like I have to go and visit Mac just to sort of pay my respects and say thank you in this kind of like in like a spiritual way. You know, I could feel it. It was like a weird. Um, anyway, got to Buddy Holly's grave, and I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to find Mac's grave, and it was so hot. Like everybody was like, "Come on, where's like we've got five minutes. We I don't want to stand around in the hot sun like <laughs> all day trying to look for Mac because we're going to faint. It's like 135 degrees where it's like, and I was like, just give me a moment. So I walked like to the right, and I just walked like five meters away from. Um, Buddy Holly's grave, and there was Max grave, you know. So it was crazy that we, found, you know, we found found him, and I just sat there for for like, I think like ten, fifteen minutes, and just was like remembering that night in LA, you know, many years ago now, twenty years ago, ish. Uh, but it was uh, it was something really kind of. Amazing that I could, I can say I, I did that after all those years. It was just one night, you know, and it was an incredible session and incredible experience. He told me all these cool stories, but um, to just sort of, you know, I played played the song. He said he, he'd written a song that he'd half finished, and I don't know whether he cut it because I've been trying to look for it online or whatever. I don't know whether he really finished it, but it was a song called "Don't Start with Me" because I'm finished with you. And he thought <laughs> that was. A really- <laughs> he thought that was a really good line, really good country song, and I was like, "That's a really cool line. It's a really cool, uh, you know." And so, yeah, anyway, There's my Mac Davis story. It's like, it's uh, it, I didn't realize how much of an honor it was when I met him, but man, what, what an incredible man!
0: Yeah. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, also, what what I was going to say
0: is that Lubbock has this weird sort of like you don't you don't know it unless somebody. Tells you about it, but there's there's a richness yeah. of, of musical history and and like legitimate fucking weirdos like you know Joe Ely and like Butch Hancock, Joe Ely Butch Hancock Jimmy Dale Gilmore Butch oh, Hancock the, yeah the yeah yeah these these guys yeah. had this band the Flat they're just weirdos Terry Allen the amazing artist and songwriter is also in that yeah. um, in that new Scorsese movie there's just this whole gang of like just real weird people that came out as they were like counterculture in the middle of nowhere yeah. in the sixties. You know what I mean? Like it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, a- the,
2: I guess it's like those towns, you know, like I grew up in a town called Gula in Adelaide, Australia, it's a very isolated sort of town. And before iPhones and iPads and all the distractions, you know, as a kid, you go, you get home and no one to do your homework. So you pick up your, Um, your mum's nylon string guitar and and so you know yeah i guess and that's all you you go for a long bike ride or a walk or something and that's sort of what you do you just sort of get lost in your own imagination your own creativity and it breeds more creativity and i think those towns they're infamous for breeding these like these people that kind of i guess uh searches you know they're 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 yeah, want more on a, or whatever it is they tap into something and um, like uh, like Buddy Holly or, or whatever you know. I mean, I could name heaps of Australian artists that 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 came out of a town called Elizabeth, where I where I was born. Um, and you know, Cold Chisel, which is a, a huge Australian band, and um, I think ACDC and Little River Band yeah. that came out of there. So like all these kind of crazy, uh, amazing. Famous bands, you know, come out of these really small, small kind of towns where with, with nothing much to do other than like, right, create your thing, you know. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But it's funny because in uh, in Lubbock, to me, also the the nothing is emphasized by this expanse of flatness of nothing, like. You can yeah. see for miles and miles of nothing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so, there's totally. no mountains, there's no nothing. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, it's amazing, man. Being out there, like, like I remember waking up in Marfa. Oh. And, um, and I got, like, I wake up early no matter what. You know, I just get up, straight up, but, you know, whatever, four or five. And uh, I was out having my first coffee in the pitch black, you couldn't see. In yeah. Front of, like it was just those dark, like you know, I mean, a little bit of stars, but no like light pollution whatsoever. And just remember thinking, like it reminded me of Australia because when you go out in the middle of Australia or wherever like that, it's like the same thing. It's a desert, right. you know. Um, but uh, there I'm just like wow. I just feel like I am the smallest living form alive, you know, it's like, you just, it's just so expansive out yeah, there, you know?
0: the sky um, there for some reason seems twice as big as everywhere else.
2: Totally. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And then I, and then I heard like heavy breathing from like a dog, like a,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, and I didn't know where it was coming from. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, where is that thing? Where is that thing? Is it close? You know? Uh, so, you know, got it's straight back the, back in the RV. Might have been a coyote. I don't know. You seem like you would
0: do really well on the bill of that music festival. You know that music festival that they have at El Cosmico. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome.
2: That'd be awesome to do. I'd love that. Did you go? Did you go to
0: that place, the TP place?
2: We didn't. We we stayed a lot in town. We kind of we drove out the other way. We went to this uh, big lake out there. I can't remember what it's called now. But so we did. That there, there's like we winded through the mountains and went up a bit, and yeah, ended up something. Yeah, but a lot of the time it was like we were just we were really making it up as we went along, and a lot of the time I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know where we are or what we're doing. It was <laughs> it was it was just it was out of control, but yeah, it was
0: cool. That's yeah. awesome, man. So, yeah. all right, so this, when does this record come out? I don't have a date for it. It said it'd be coming out in the spring. Do you guys have a date for April, it? April,
2: yeah, coming out April 26th, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, yeah, April 26th, I think it is. Um, and uh, we've got, I've got so much happening. I've got, um, yeah, April 26th, last Friday of April. And um, I've got... Uh, another song coming out very soon and um, yeah I'm excited about what's to come uh, we uh, you know I've, I've got like a, a it's all independent obviously like uh, it's kind of it's a, a team of, of people that we call crazy hearts themselves because they'd have to be crazy to get to get involved in this, this kind of like <laughs> this kind of energy because it's, it's pretty it's pretty rogue and, but I, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're part of the industry, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like creating our own thing within the industry, I guess. And it's like, um, of the sort of pigeonhole, this kind of thing, you know, in a way where everything is sort of just like, like, okay, we're going to plan and, you know, it's very hard to plan because everything changes a lot. So, um, it's a it's a mad world, but I wouldn't want it any other way because well, it's highly creative. So, and so, wait, oh. you, I, I, I I might have missed something.
0: Are you are you so you're not going to do like a traditional tour? You're going to go do more re- renegade RV
2: um, shows. Well, um, we've we've done that. We've we've filmed a lot of that. Right. I've done a lot of like kind of renegade things, but um, we're we're going to go out. We're we're playing in Austin at South by Southwest time. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm playing a show, like a a showcase in, uh, who's become a friend of ours. He's also a crazy heart, but uh, his store, Trovador, um, in Austin, he's a really incredible hat maker. And so we we met him on the road, going through Austin with the RV and, we had so much in common and he was like, we were, now we're talking about doing a, like a showcase vibe uh, on the South by Southwest week there. Invite and me, I've got man, a few I would love,
0: I would love to come see you play. Man, that'd be great. We're done. Let's do it. I'll, uh,
2: I'll get you, I'll get your address after things so I can send you a vinyl. Too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll do that. Um, so there's, there's that, there's, uh, I I think I've got a bunch of uh, festivals in Australia that I've I've got to go down as well for. I'm coming back. I haven't been home home to Australia for like three years. So um, that's going to be weird because uh, three years is a long time in so many ways. Um, And, uh, yeah, we've got so much coming up with, with the album release. I've got shows in Nashville. I've got all these different things that are just starting to really get locked in um, and we're doing it all without booking agents and everything. Like, we'd love a booking agent on stage, but we're literally doing this all ourselves and creating it ourselves and making it um, the best we can possibly be. And, you know, I've got a killer band and the, 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 the show, the live show is so, so awesome. and so much fun. And, and um, we're kind of blending like old school mentality with this sort of thing too like um and w- what i mean by that is like you know i it, it feels like we're doing we're, we're shooting 10 music videos for every song which is insane um a lot of people don't even do music videos anymore and i'm told that i'm insane for doing that but i need to tell the the album visually too and we've got so much cool stuff that we've collected on our travels and things that it needs to it needs to happen that way so we're kind of just doing what feels right instead of, you know, got, getting the rule book out or getting what's said this week on YouTube and what not to do and all these things. It's just like, nah, this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is, <laughs> we're doing it, you know? And that's <clears throat> what I'm most proud of about this, man. Like, finally, I feel like I kind of uh, found a groove in that, you know? and uh, And by, you know, in 18 months' time, uh, I'll be able to look back and go, well, you know, the old Frank Sinatra, I did it my way thing, you know? Yeah. I'll be able to, yeah. 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 So.
0: <clears throat> well, congratulations. I can't wait to, uh, the movie, the documentary itself won't be coming, back, coming out until next year, until 2025, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. And, and that's going to be uh, a lot of the trip, a lot of our trip coming over to America through COVID um, and just kind of my journey from... Uh, with music and you know all the highs and lows of that, which is uh, definitely it's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, and so yeah, it's it's a it's a it's going to be interesting. Actually, it's it's kind of weird to talk about it in a weird way because it's about me. So I don't know. Like, like yeah, I've, got, I've definitely got a separation with that as well. Like I've got to kind of like just let that happen um, and. Uh, but it, yeah, man, it's it's pretty cool. Like a lot of great things are happening, and um, it just feels like I'm starting all over again uh, in a weird way. Uh, every time I play a gig, it feels like it's a brand new thing again, which is great. You know, it's kind of what I what I sort of dreamt of. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Of, it's a way yeah. to keep yourself engaged throughout this career because as as you get older that sort of like sense of adventure and and looking for new stuff is it just kind of atrophies whatever that muscle is you know it just kind of softens exactly, and, yeah
2: yeah 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 it's like you know i'm i'm rocky one yeah. i'm rocky one man
0: <laughs> you got the eye of the tiger
2: that's it brother well that's dude it. it's
0: great talking to you again and i will uh yeah, man. let me ask you a question do you have like some kind of weird is your is somebody filming you or do you have some kind of thing on Zoom that's that the camera's following you?
2: Oh, this is the new fan, this is the new fancy Zoom that I've just updated. I don't know. Is it moving around, is it? Yeah, it's follow- following me. you. It's follow- let me see who wow. does
0: it. No, mine doesn't that's do it. It's old school.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have no idea, man. I don't know. Maybe yeah. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, oh, that's, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, no, man, no, I'll send you my um,
0: address on on uh, Instagram. I I really I, I fucking love this album. Uh, people are gonna love it, and uh, and I'll I'll uh, I'll talk about the South by Southwest show as soon as you get it together and I find out about it.
2: Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that'd be yeah. I'll, I'll definitely send you everything we've got so far. I'm playing so far as well on the fifteenth. Oh, yeah, of March in Austin.
0: You see, uh, um, I think I have some gigs that weekend, but I'm around during the week.
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, hang on. Sorry, it's the eighth of February. Wait. Eighth of February, I'm playing. So far, I've got another one on the sixteenth. I think too. Oh, somewhere. really?
0: Like that's like yeah. next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Eighth of eighth of February. Yeah. So far. Wow. Oh, awesome. Still happening. It's all happening, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's crept up. So yeah. Well, maybe I'll um, see you there. Yeah, man, that'd be amazing. But love to meet you in person. for you know, likewise. Yeah, likewise.
0: Well, well, do you, congratulations on all of this stuff, and uh, and actually going God. on a on a vacation with your family, and everyone made it back.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, uh, great great talking to you, and I'll uh, I'll reach out to you. Maybe I'll see you next week.
2: Thanks, man. Thanks so much, brother.
0: Bye, bye. That was Wesley Dean, his album Music from Crazy Hearts drops on April 26th. Go to WesleyDeanMusic.com for all of your Wesley Dean needs. Go check out those singles. The one that you're hearing, burn, burn This House, and then Don't Look Back is another single that's out now. They also have videos. They are on YouTube. Go there and check them out. Wesley is a fantastic artist. I hope to meet him face to face one time because now I think we're like internet bros. We're like Zoom bros. <laughs> Zoom bros. That's, that's, my new, uh, that's my new term. We're Zoom bros. I never met him in person, but man, when we're on Zoom, we're bros. Hey, gang, don't forget when you're checking out WesleyDeanMusic.com, you can subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Overcast, anywhere you find podcasts, gang. And uh, if you listen to, to Google Podcasts, that, that is leaving in April. At the beginning of April, they're getting rid of Google Podcasts, which I really like. I've enjoyed using it. It has a great easy thing to use. I'm sorry they're getting rid of it. It's moving into some YouTube thing. I don't really care, but uh, Google's leaving. So subscribe wherever it is that you get podcasts. You'll get new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. If not, there are like three shows a week like this week, which was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But uh, we'll be talking to a great singer-songwriter named Cece from here in Austin. Uh, she's actually originally Venezuelan, but she lives here in Austin. She's been making a name for herself. She played the Austin City Limits Festival this last fall, and uh, she's going to be releasing some singles soon. So that's who we're talking to on Tuesday, the great Cece. All right, here's the rest of uh, Wesley Dean's song, Burn This House. Get out there and check them out. Have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. And gang, if you live in Austin, come see Happy Land Monday, 6 p.m., Saxon Pub. All right, have a good weekend. Let's get down.
1: Yo